All right, start the show. Okay, party people in the house. Hey guys, it's Michelle Taylor Willis, and thanks again for tuning in to According. Hey guys, it's Michelle Taylor. It's Michelle Taylor Willis. Back at you. It's According to Michelle Radio with Michelle Taylor Willis. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello, Atlanta. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday. Is this the first Wednesday in April? It's the second Wednesday in April. It is the second, second, S-E-C-O-N-T, second Wednesday in April, and it is. It actually feels like spring outside. Yeah, it's it's finally here. It's fine. We can say that with confidence. It finally feels like spring outside. Michelle Taylor Willis here on According to Michelle, live from the studio, Real Eleven Hundred AM in beautiful Midtown, Buckheadish, Atlanta, downtown. Not quite downtown. Okay, it was forty-three degrees this morning because I was going to go out for a run. And I stepped outside and my body was like, yeah, I feel like you should wait. Okay. Because there's going to be a 35-degree swing and it's going to be 99 degrees later. It's no, hot no. outside. Like, no. I went. The sun is out. I've People's got, guns are I out. mean, it's I got my jacket on. It's hot. I put. I had to turn the air on. Like, what's happening? Uh, this is what we call in school. Um, when we were going to school, we always would bundle up in the mornings and this come is home naked. Home parents, naked? Yeah, because our parents are confused. Like, where are all the jackets and stuff you went to school with? Like, home naked. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Because you can, okay, home naked. I thought you meant, like, oh, not literally. you're walking around no, home no, naked, which gracious. is fine. I didn't if pay it's any just bills you. at the time, so I didn't have You don't that. get to walk around home naked. Yeah. Thirteen-year-old no. me definitely didn't have that option. I don't walk around home naked. Okay. There's too many people in my house. Like my, I got kids, you know, and they're all dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Let me make sure I say what's up to everybody listening right now. If you're listening live on 1100 AM in your car, thank you. I know we had some challenges a couple of weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure those have all been rectified, and you should be able to hear me and my raspy voice just perfectly. Wow. Now. Raspy voice perfectly. Raspy voice perfectly. What's up, iHeart? Listeners, everybody on iHeart, what's going on? How are you? And I got to make sure I say hey to Facebook. We are Facebook Live today. Facebook decided to act back, like baby. it's got some sense. We are But back. I think it might have been operator error. You know, even if it was, I'm going to say this, disclaimer. Okay. If you make something that is as... Because Facebook Live wasn't as hard as it used it to be. It wasn't. Like if you are going to upgrade things, you need to show people what the next steps are. You got to show people. Yeah. like, like You just can't have something that says required but doesn't like, show me where it is. And there's enough bots out there for you to be able to be like, oh, you know, you open up. Hey, Facebook has changed. If you want to go live, press here. Okay, now go here. Okay, now go here. Step like you have step. no idea. Yeah, and now it's because Instagram has taken over. It's just a tap of a button. I miss that. It's um, a tap of a button. Yeah, Facebook do better. And I all you got to do is thing, all you got to do is touch it. <laughs> Sorry. Out of pocket. That's what she said. Out of pocket. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, let me go back. Hi, Facebook. Okay, here's the other problem I got with Facebook. We got one problem down. I don't know who's on. I can't see the viewers. I can't can't address people. I can't give a shout-out to my followers. I I don't like it. 
Okay. That's weird how Instagram and Facebook. I'm gonna get, get Mark Zuckerberg on the phone, please. Can yeah. somebody get Mark Zuckerberg? I'm sick. He texted me earlier talking about we're gonna take care of this for you, MT Dubs. I can get you a guy named Mark on the phone. I don't know. No, I want Zuckerberg. I want him. I want the guy from the movie. The guy from the movie? Yeah. Okay. I want wow. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Insane. Let me say, but you know what? On the flip side, Instagram is popping. Let me say hi to Instagram. What's up, Deidre Ray Armstrong? Deidre. Talent Connect. What's up, Wink? Senator Beach. Senator Brandon Beach. I do believe you are out of session. Thank you for chiming in today. What's going on? Jake, how's it going? C. Young Coach. What's up, Track Coach? Push. Kara, what's up? Miss Treasure, what's happening? How are you? King James Worthy. Andre Andre Pitry is on. That's my co-star in the in the play. Oh, dope. Okay. Okay. He's super handsome. You are a good looking brother, my man. So you look at that. Here. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not first from me, but you All the girls are like, that's who you gonna be on stage with? I'm like, he don't look that good in person. So. Now she's trying to downplay why, that. Why do they do that to us? King James Worthy says, according to Michelle, it feels like spring, but really feels like global warming. Something's <laughs> happening. Like, something is don't, happening. Don't none to keep of the, that talk down. We can't, you know, they don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but it did feel good, like, out running. The sun was kind of beating down. I'm getting my natural dose of vitamin C. Okay. Oh, so you did go on the run eventually. Oh, you absolutely. Just like, oh, I no, just went no. running. Okay, so you, like, you did wait for the warm. I do, well, what happened is, see, this is why you got to work out. Everybody who, if you don't work out and you're trying to get in a regimen, listen to me. I've been working out for my whole life, 35 years. That's a long time working out. <laughs> it's a long time working out. And here's what happens. The best way to work out for your body, for your mental, for, for your routine, just do it in the morning. Even if you have to wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning, 530, trust me, work out first thing in the morning, even if it's zero degrees outside now question do you think there's a method to that madness or a science yes there's tons of science i'm just to asking it. i know As there much, is so your body your your body burns on. more the your body burns more right if you work out earlier your body has all day to burn more fat true if you work out with muscle i mean with muscle <laughs> if you work out <laughs> if you work out with weights in the morning you're always going to burn more fat if you do weight training hmm. so the earlier you work out in the morning you lift weights the more fat your body is going to burn. And you can change your body. Okay, I'm going to just give you all some quick gems here, okay? Because I'm a professional athlete. Gotcha. You can burn. Why are you laughing, Wayne? The production booth <laughs> thinks that that's funny. Okay. Oh, my God. Mm. You can, if you, you work out with weights, all right, and cut your fat, you, will, you can change your body because you can literally rechase, you can replace your fat with muscle. How long is that? And I'm just asking. How, how long does it that, take? Yeah, it's like that process. It depends on how well you eat. Okay. That process depends on food. Okay. So that actually makes sense. Like the better you eat. Do you have to change your dietary and you plan should, or just cut down? No, you should. And you should be heavy, heavy protein. Okay. Like if you can eat, if you can eat like half of your body weight in protein, you're off to a good start. Hmm. Is that abnormal or is that? Consult your doctor. I'm just, let me put this disclaimer out there. I don't want no smoke. Well, Michelle said, now I'm suing her. No, you're not. <laughs> Consult with your doctor, whoever plays with your body. Wow. Yeah. Call and them. No and I was fascinated, Miss Michelle. I'm sorry. I was fascinated. I wasn't <laughs> laughing. I was okay. just interested <laughs> in all that stuff. He's like, let like, me first just. First of all, you're not going to put me on the spot like I'm a bad guy. Let me just say, 
All right, that's fine. So work out in the morning. Work out with weight. Women especially, if you are, like, approaching 40, work out with weights. It's good for your bones, and you won't get hunched over like this when you're 99 mm. if God you make willing. it that long. God willing, yes. <laughs> yeah, you. we need weights. Weights make your bones stronger. I mean, okay. muscle. Muscle makes your bones stronger. Weights build muscle. Gotcha. It's all hand in hand. It's all hand in hand. It's tongue in cheek, even. That's not. I have never. I'm heard up Peachtree in Brookhaven. Got to go kill him at practice now. Okay. Wait. You're in. Why are you in Atlanta? You in Atlanta track coach? This guy teaches. He's a he's a professional track coach. What's up, Ray Nicole? How are you? I'm back to saying hi to Instagram. I'm sure we got some smart comments tomorrow. I scroll down. DJ Young, Frankie, what's up? Andre, it's pronounced Petrie. I go back and forth. Sometimes I say Petra. Sometimes I say Petrie. Sometimes I say P on a tree. No, no. Got that dog in him. He got that dog in him. What's up, King Alpha Thunder? Michelle said that, yeah. Yes, that is what she said. Let's say, hey. All right. I gotta make sure. Let me just go back on it. Yeah, I can't see. So put it. Send a note to Mark Zuckerberg. All right, we gotta take a quick break. We have a great show in store today. We got Dana S. Hubbard in the building. Actor, producer, writer, creator. Keep going. Um, all around great guy. Oh, see, you can stop right there. There's nothing better to say than that. The, I, my favorite picture of him. Y'all should go follow him. Uh, you could the official. Dana S. Hubbard or Dana S. Hubbard presents. There's a picture on of him and Denzel Washington. He was in the movie Malcolm X with Denzel, and he's the guy standing, like right next to Denzel, little light skinned dude, kind of cute. <laughs> like, what's up, Malcolm? That's him. Little light skinned dude. The light skinned. I, I aspire to be that. <laughs> Do you? Well, you are. Cause well, not the little light skinned dude, you, but you, you know, low key light skinned, my friend. You're almost there. We're going to be talking to him today. He's got a new play coming out, Never Play With a Woman ha- Woman's Heart. Uh, I hear that the lead actress on that play is dynamic. Wow. I don't know. What, what, what told you that? I is, just heard, like, he, it's kind of the buzz. It's, it's just kind of the buzz. It's kind of the buzz. Shout out to Coca-Cola Bottling Company United. Thank you for the smart water. I'm going to need it today because i got to be smart to keep up with this guy. When we come back. We're going to talk to Dana S. Hubbard. We got 5, five o'clock is since the shenanigans we got a special calling guest today mark morial from uh national urban league from i mean the famous morial family i mean they're like a clan in new orleans in the most the positive way possible in the most positive way possible <laughs> mark is going to come on he's going to be talking about the state of black america that is next week they'll be here in uh, at morehouse on campus nice and, uh, yeah, that's going to be great. She's about to be replaced. Okay. Can't get Andre Get that out of here. <laughs> Guys, don't go anywhere. Don't touch anything. We got more. According to Michelle with Dana S. Hubbard when we come back. Hey guys, Michelle Taylor Willis here. And I just want to ask you, have you checked out my latest book? Well, I say latest book, really, it's my only book. <laughs> raising Significance, an MTW guide to raising independent, well-rounded, and confident kids. Listen, this book is not rocket science, and I'm not claiming to be a child expert or a psychologist or psychiatrist or any of that. I'm just a mom who has figured some things out. So I just got some jewels and a few gems that can help you raise not just successful kids, but significant 
kids. You want your kids to stand out from the crowd or at least from the other kids in their class, right? This is the way to do it. So listen, go to my website, authormichelletaylorwillis.com. That's Michelle with two L's. Check out the book. If you like what you see, click on that pay now button and grab a copy. Maybe you grab a copy for some of your friends who have kids if you don't. But either way, I promise you will not be disappointed. Raising Significance, an MTW's guide to raising independent, well-rounded, and confident kids. Get your copy today. Michelle. Michelle. All right, guys, what is up? We are back on According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis and Dana S. Hubbard right here in the real 1100 AM studios in Atlanta, Georgia on a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sunny day. For once. No, I'm kidding, guys. <laughs> For once. It no. did rain all day Saturday. It was very, we've had very gloomy days. We have had gloomy days, but it's those weird. are gone. And it's very sunny in the studio today because we have a fantastic guest that's on the studio today. I'm, I'm, let me tell you why I'm so excited about having this guy on. And it's really not. It's not because, you know, of the play or any. It's just because I think people need to be inspired. I know people need to be inspired. Okay. Right? People need to be inspired. People need to feel like they can do things that sometimes other people tell them they can't do. It happens more often than we think. It happens a lot. And I think, um, you know, life beats us down sometimes. And we need reminders that sometimes we're being beat down so that we can actually not just get up, but get pushed farther than what we thought Wasn't we were supposed possible. to ever. Yeah, what we were supposed to ever do. And um, I think, you know, sometimes we need reminders of what working in our purpose looks like. And having exposure to people who work in their purpose, because what happens, and I know that this has happened with our guest today, the more he has operated in his land of, you know, uh, his realm of what he's supposed to be doing, the more life kind of has worked out for him. Like more doors have opened, more people have fallen into his lap, more opportunities have fallen into his app app into his lap Laps and yeah. apps, lap probably. and app you know what i mean and so he is just you know i mean he's been doing what he's doing for a long time writer director producer he has more than 35 years in the entertainment industry theatrical and film record has is unparalleled he's worked with award-winning directors and producers like spike lee mm, denzel spike. washington monty ross David E. Talbert, Tyler Perry, Dr. Alex Marshall. I mean, he all, has worked in all household names. All how? Yeah, I mean, industry, like we 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 know names. who these guys are. We know who these guys are. And here's the other thing too: is that he's in the entertainment space. But this is what I'm talking about. He uses his platform to inspire. He's a speaker. He's a national speaker, and he speaks specifically on college campuses, HBCU campuses. He's a professor. He like this dude is all around amazing and he's inspiring our youth he's inspired i mean like he's just an inspiration and i haven't even scratched the surface for a lot of the things he's done but he's going to tell us about that and all wonderful things dana because it is the dana s hubbard show today it's according to michelle was that my introduction but it's really <laughs> but it's really the dana s hubbard oh show can we do it according to dana according to dana for according today? to dana for do today know how much we have to switch out 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you understand how it's possible. To, listen, I want everybody to welcome, to welcome, welcome, welcome Dana S. Hubbard on the show yes. today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I'm truly honored. And I say that sincerely, Michelle. I've uh, watched the things that, you, that you've been doing over the last, uh, well, I've only been here in Atlanta for about a year and a half. Yeah. But uh, since I've been here, I've been watching everything that you do. And um, I'm, I'm proud to say I know you. And I'm proud to have fallen into, uh, I don't want to say your lap, not literally. Wow. Yep. It's a family <laughs> but, show, right, Dana. Right. But no, but just, uh, <laughs> just to be, uh, by me- meeting you by happenstance is what I really mean. I know. Uh, we, we met at an event. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I said, I think she'd be great to work with. And uh, here we are. And good people have a way of finding good people. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it was cool to meet you, and I, I mean, um, you put your trust in me fairly early, and I appreciate that. So I won't let you down, boss. <laughs> but no, I, I like to believe I'm a good uh, judge of character. So, um, you, like I said, you haven't let me down. Uh, some of the people that you've introduced me to, they've been on point as well. So you put me in a circle of good people since I've been here, and I'm appreciative. Oh, thanks. See, that in itself. That was good. Let's and get that the, was the according that to Dana round. Show, y'all. <laughs> that is the according to Dana Show. That is according. I know, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. But no, I mean, I'm glad you're here because you hail from up top. Like, I yes. mean, you made, there's so many people from that Northeast Quadrant that end up down in Atlanta. So take us through your journey a little bit. How did you, how'd you end up in Atlanta? 35 years in your space? Yep. A lot of people don't make it. Yep, that yep. long. Well, that's something I don't want to uh, speak about as well, about the people who don't make it in that, in that space for that long. But uh, to, to get to how I got here in Atlanta or just in the entertainment industry in general. I want to talk about how you ended up in Atlanta. Well, can I yeah. ask, like, what, where were you originally from? I'm originally from us? Jamaica, Queens, New York. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Okay. I grew up no. in Jamaica, Queens, New York. And then uh, when I was 11 years old, uh, we moved to, uh, uh, to Virginia. Okay, so to, not, not south-south, but a little further down. Right, we moved to Newport News in Hampton, Virginia. Um, and then after that, uh, I went to Ham- I attended Hampton University. Uh, then after I left Hampton, after I got after I left Hampton, I, uh, I moved back to New York. Um, I started working with uh, Spike Lee. Um, well, to, to, to take a step back, um, when I went to Hampton, I was a mass communications major, so I wanted to do radio. I wanted to do television, and um, I had a professor by the name of Lottie Knight. God bless her soul. And she's always, before she passed, she used to always say that she's responsible for my career. And I'll tell you why. Because she was my mass comm uh, professor, and her job was to weed people out of the department. Gotcha. Her job was to say, we got too many majors, we got to get rid of the people who don't, ain't going to make it. So so I'm assuming she's really good at her job. Yes, yes, yes. yes, (laughs) yes. So what happens is, I was one of those people who she said, uh, young man, I think you need to find another major. Really? No. Absolutely. She didn't think you were going to make it? Well, no, not not in mass comm and not as a writer. So what happens is, and at that point, and at, at that time, she was correct. But what happens is, um, I, this is a true story. This is a god honest true story. Okay. So before I had an opportunity to change my major, uh, one day I was uh, on the campus, Ham- the Hampton University. I was on campus and loves um, Hampton, yeah. Love Hampton. Ain't University. no problem. <laughs> so I was on campus and I uh, was walking through a building called Armstrong Hall. That's where our little theater is. And there was a play in progress. So I said, well, let me go see this little play for a second and see what's going on. So it was actually directed by Ruth Carter. Uh, just won her second Oscar uh, for Wardrobe for Wakanda. Oh, wow. The Ruth Carter. 
So Ruth was a director. Uh, Robbie, so dope. That's just right here in Atlanta. Go ahead. Yeah, Robbie Reed, uh, she was in it. She's currently the VP of BET. Uh, Michael Ralph, incredible actor from the Bernie Mac show and tons of other shows. Long story short, I sat in that theater and I was mesmerized. I was like, this is what I want to do. And the following. Were you thinking this, like, I want to be, be on stage? stage. Okay, I be yeah. On stage. Or write it. Right, no, I want to be on stage. Okay. I think this okay. is what I want to do. And uh, true story, um, I went to change my major. And another little thing catchy about changing my major, it had to be a major. I had to find a new major that I didn't have to take math because I Ooh, hated math. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. said. And that I'm assuming that was really limited then. Right. So what <laughs> happens is uh, Sababu Norris, who uh, who coaxed me into uh, change my major, com- communications and theater arts, I said, uh, Mr. Norris, you got to take math. He was like, no, nah, you don't have to take math. I said, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Not no hesitation. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, so I got it. I started my major in theater, and I've never been on stage prior to. And I did my first show uh, called Living Fat by Judy Ann Mason. Judy used to write for Good Times, All in the Family, A Different World. And this is why you're in school? This is while I'm, while I'm in Hampton. Okay. So I, I uh, switched my major over to theater. My first show, Living Fat, and I played this character by the name of Boo. And uh, when I went out for my curtain call, people stood up and they started clapping. I was like, yo. <laughs> Why did they do that, do you think? Like, I, you was have... <laughs> <laughs> I was dope. I was him. There's no so, reason. So, so when, they, when they did that, I was like, this is what I really want to do. Right. So you used you to like that. that. Oh, you yeah. like the, the... The theater bug. It's called the theater bug. Right. I called the theater bug. And um, the, the, the only regret that I have about catching the theater bug and wanting to be an actor is that while I was in school, other people were taking technical, like lighting classes, set design, and all that good stuff. But I just took theater and acting because I only wanted to be an actor, which right. was, yeah. which wasn't good because I should have made myself multi-dimensional and right. said, you know what, just in, just in case I can't get a gig as far as an actor is concerned, I can still build a set, I can still hang lights, yeah. and I didn't do that. So I always, when I speak and I tour the country, I always tell the students that are interested in theater, learn how to do everything, lights, sound, stage managed, production managed, because there may not be a gig for you at the moment to be an actor, but you can say, you know what, I can do sound, I can do lights, I can be a stage manager. So I did that. Yeah, I can do anything. And that's a that's a life lesson anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right, when you're in it, because you, you obviously are the head. Absolutely. But if any parts of the body are missing, you can go do it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so in any business you're in, that's just good. Good business practice. And I always talk to my students and my, 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 my children and anyone my, my, about taking the steps. I always say, what's the best way to get to the top? The steps, the elevator or the escalator? And they always say, the elevator or the escalator. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. the best way to the top is to take the steps. Yeah. Yeah. Take Slow the steps. Um, when we, when we um, I'm going to jump the story a little bit. But, no, go for um, it. Um, when we were doing um, Do the Right Thing with Spike Lee, um, Malcolm Lee, who wrote The Best Man, one, two, three, four, whatever, <laughs> Roscoe Jenkins, uh, Malcolm Lee, The Best mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Malcolm was Spike's uh, PA. Malcolm would walk behind really? Spike. Really? Oh, a, no, a I did not know on. that. He would walk behind Spike with a backpack on. And Spike said, I want water. Malcolm pulled out water. He, Spike said, I want this. Malcolm. So Malcolm took the steps to become who he is today. He wow. directed Space Jam, this fast Space Jam with Michael Jordan. I mean, not with Michael Jordan, well, with LeBron yeah. James. <laughs> But 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 Malcolm took the steps to be who he is right now. So I always tell people, take the steps because at the end of the day, you'll learn every you know fast. I did not know that was his PA. Oh, of course, it was his personal PA. But also think think about what I'm just saying. Spike Lee. Yeah. Malcolm Lee. 
So Malcolm Lee is Spike Lee's first cousin. Their fathers are brothers. Ain't that something? (laughs) Right. So, so to go back to the story real quick, and I don't, I don't want to cut. No, you you're good. No, yeah. this is no, this is this is why I asked that first question so that okay. yep. they can get it, they can yep. get it yep. all. So in 1987, like I said, I got I got um, um, kicked out of Hampton. I got released from Hampton. It was like, look, bro, you, you feel fourth and a half year here. You still a sophomore on paper. <laughs> and I was like, I was like what's wrong with that? I'm having a good time. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm balling. What y'all talking like, about? Y'all are still getting paid. What? Right, right, Were right. Were your parents paying for this out of their pocket? Well, that's another thing. I always tell people, you have checker players and you have chess players. My that's mom, right. My mom is the chess player. My mom um, knew that I didn't have the grades academically to get into Hampton, but she worked on campus and she had relationships. And at the time, our director of admissions, Dr. Ali Bowman, who I'm forever indebted to, he says, young man, I'm going to let you in, but it's going to be up to you to get out. And um, when he called me in his office in 1987, he said, young man, I've given you every opportunity I can give you. It's time for you to fly. Oh, my gosh. So no yeah. no degree. Nope. No, no, I, I, I got the degree, so but I'll tell you, that's another, that comes that comes later. No, 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 but I mean at this point. No, no, like, no, no, no degree, degree at that point. Yeah. No degree at that point. And what happens is when he uh, released me from Hampton, um, I was like, what am I going to do? I got a call three days later from uh, um Joe Stevens, he says, the Richmond Theater Company in Richmond, Virginia, are looking for actors, minority actors. And I said, Why you do it in air quotes? They don't want real actors? (laughs) Well, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. So so he said, uh, we're looking for actors. Um, You you should go up there and audition. So I went to Richmond, which was an hour away from Hampton, and I got the part to Children's Theater. So here I am, um, just finished doing shows at Hampton and getting applauded. Galore. You're, well, now, you're now, like 20, 21 yeah, at like, this time? I'm like 21. Okay. Yeah, I'm 21. So I've been in Virginia about 10 years by now. So I'm getting applauded by, you know, all these adults saying, great job, and my peers and students, and from going to do children's theater and saying, hey, boys and girls, put your hand over your mouth. And I'm like, you can't, this can't this be This can't right. be. This is not my <laughs> life. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> not, I can't, I can't believe not, this is I my did, life. I, that's not what I said when I pointed at the stage. I right, meant, right? right, Guys, right. we got Dana S. Hubbard in the studio today on Really 1100 AM, according to Michelle, with Michelle Taylor Willis, writer, actor, producer, director, speaker, yes. uh, in, inspirer, empower, all the things, telling us right now how he ended up where he is today. And it, Looked like you know Hampton was like nah we good. No Hampton Hampton is my that's my everything Hampton University is my everything. Because they Hampton. had to take you back. Well I, that's that's another story so, that I'm getting getting there. But yeah. but let me just finish this. Real yeah quick. yeah yeah. So I did the Richmond Theater Company for uh for <laughs> for half a year. Dana do it again. What you were doing with the little? What you tell the little boys and girls? Hey boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> If you, yeah, it, we it was, need it was, to leave. Right, right. <laughs> we we gotta get out of here. So so what happens is, um, so um, Spike Lee had just finished doing School Days, nice. and uh, I had two roommates, uh, me and my two roommates. Um, so they wanted to work with Spike because they really loved School Days. Spike had just done School Days. My roommates wanted to work with Spike, and at the time, uh, Robert Townsend had just finished doing Hollywood Shuffle. So I wanted to work with Robert Townsend. I was like, I gotta work with Robert. I gotta work with Robert. They were like, Spike, Spike, Spike. So um, Spike was casting for Do the Right Thing. Um, Robbie Reed, Hampton alum, was the casting director. And all three of us sent our pictures to Robbie. I was the only one that got a call out of the three. 
So um, I got on the Greyhound bus. You're like, thank you. No more kids. Well, no, no, no. Because like I said, I was really wanting to work with Robert. Right. right, And and I had spoken with Robert on the phone. And Robert was like, he gave me the old Hollywood thing. Yeah, when you're out in L.A., look me up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why do we do these things? This is before. So he called me. He literally uh, called me on the phone. Uh, I got his phone number from somebody in Chicago. Somebody, he called me. But so long story short, I caught the Greyhound bus to New York, auditioned for uh, Do the Right Thing, the part that Martin Lawrence played. Didn't get the part, but Robbie said that um, you can be what's called a core extra. A core extra is if you remember the movie Do the Right Thing, it takes place on one block in on, in one day. So a core extra is somebody who is always on the block for continuity purposes. So I'm there all the time whenever they're outside. So um, got the part is doing uh, Do the Right Thing. So I had to move back to New York. How long were you on set? How long did you guys film? We filmed the summer of 1988. And we probably filmed about 40 days, about 30 days, 35 days. And um, but guess how much I was making a day working Boy, Spike? Your daily rate mm-hmm. back in 1987. No, 1989. 1989. No, 1988. 1988. I'm going to say as a core extra? Mm-hmm. $400 a day? $400 a day. You're close. She said $400 a day. No, it was $40 a day. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was $40 a day because I was non-union. I was I was making forty dollars a day and twenty nine dollars after taxes when taxes would come out. Well, yeah, I guess so because a regular extra right now makes seventy dollars a day. So in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean it's like no money. Yeah. Oh well, in New York it's totally different. The Screen Actors Guild is 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 different in New York right now. I think um, a background is making like one seventy for the day. Really? Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. No, <laughs> yeah, right. That's good. So, that, yeah. um, but 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 so I started working with Spike and uh, had a great. Great time working with Spike. That was my first time ever on the film set. And, um, you know, was the, the rest is so, so to speak, history. I, I, I How did you go, though, from being, because you were an actor. So, and I know a lot of times when you're on set, even, you know, I mean, uh, an extra. And, you know. It's not an the, extra. I was background. Background, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me make it. <laughs> Don't you dare yeah. talk right. bad on my name. That's, that's right. Line, that's right. Make, that line is very. Well, actually, it is. It's, it's called background now. It's called background yeah. uh, um, actors. It's no longer called extras. Extras, yeah. Right. You know, it's like flight attendant and stewardess. Yeah. See, terms? Yeah. I like that. Like uh, the sounds better. It's, so, you know, yeah. I mean, it's more appealing. Yeah. But, but, you know, a lot of times the director will, I mean, no, they'll they'll pick an extra out right, or background, you know, and say, you know, that's how uh, uh, the guy that was on the on panel, Julian Bertano, mm-hmm. he was yes, extra, yes. and they just were like you, you know what I mean? They see something special. I say that because you went from actually acting to being behind the right camera. Wrong. But I'm glad Spike didn't call me up because I wouldn't have been ready. See, there's a difference between theatrical acting and and, and film and television acting. So I was more so trained from a theatrical being on stage. And if I, if Spike had said, yo, Brooklyn, because that's what he used to call me, because I used to wear that bicycle outfit with Brooklyn on it that uh, he wore, she's got to have it. So he would say, yo, Brooklyn, I need you to do this. And I'm like, oh, he called me. You know, he called my name. But uh, I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been ready. I always tell people, don't rush your success. Just let it come to you naturally. And um, when it's, just be prepared when it comes, but don't rush it, so mm. to speak. So I wouldn't have been ready to do, do the right thing. I was happy just to be there. I was happy to be on the film set. I was ch- happy to see that I'm on the set for 15 hours and 
really just doing 30 minutes of work more for, for Harry at the For $40 a day. For $40 a day. But I don't have I didn't have a problem with that either because when I moved back to New York, I lived on the friend's couch. Uh, Nikki Johnson, her, her parents allowed me to live on their couch. Um, and I, it was just a blessing, man. It's, it's like... Forty dollars a day, and the great, the, the crazy thing and about it is, and you're a kid still too. I mean, like you don't have any bills, you don't have any kids. There's no wife. Right, but what like, happens you know. is, I was eating pizza every day. So you were getting. I was there eating slices, and then the only time that I really would get a good meal is if I was on set because you know they had craft Catering. service and they had caterers. Yeah. And then, um, but but I always tell people, I always tell people. Don't be afraid to work for free. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Be afraid to work for the forty dollars a day because Absolutely. that forty dollars made me. I can't say who I am, but it allowed me to be in that atmosphere to become who I am. Absolutely. So I'm blessed to say I made forty dollars a day, Absolutely. and it's something that I am always thankful for. So he just says that because he said that's how he sets his actors up. No, He's no, like, no, no, no. Well, I'm well, just joking. Right, right, right. No, and I'm and I'm very serious. No, no, no. And I'm very serious. And I'm very serious about it when I speak to just. I don't care what you do. I don't care no, if it's acting. Right. I don't no, care what it absolutely. is. absolutely. You know, a lot of times there's this book, one of my favorite books is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And it talks about how the rich dad, their children, they work for free. That's they right. can intern. They can right. they can do all of that stuff. Whereas the poor dad, they gotta have they gotta make money. Yeah. yeah. Money, money, money. And well, they don't I mean, value. I'm glad you're talking to the young kids today because you know there's a set like it you know, they don't wanna work for free. They they don't wanna they wanna come in with no experience. Right. And get that bag. And they want to get, you know, they're trying to get a bag. Like, hey, like, you just need to come and learn and just sit here. If you sat and watched me for an hour, yeah, you would learn enough to go. I mean, like, but they don't want to do that. All right, we got to take a quick break. We got Dana S. Hubbard in the, in the house, creator of the stage play Never Play with a Woman's Heart that is in Atlanta. It's coming to Atlanta May 11th through the 14th. Mother's Day weekend at the Southwest Arts Center down in South Fulton County in Sofu. He's here talking about his ascension and how he got where he is um, and how he finds all things wonderful. Because this guy really is wonderful. I give him a hard time. He gives me a hard time. I think we have pretty good mutual Absolutely. respect for each other. Don't call anyone. We come back. It'll be 5 o'clock, top of the hour. That means the senseless shenanigans. And then Mark Morial is going to be calling in at 5.30 to talk about the state of black America. If you go anywhere, you're going to miss all of it. We'll be right back with more According to Michelle and Dana S. Hubbard. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. All right, we are back on According to Michelle on uh, uh, Real 1100. AM with Michelle Taylor Willis. That is what I am on all socials, at Michelle Taylor Willis. On just about everything, we got Dana S. Hubbard in the house, writer, creator, director, producer, actor, international speaker, empowerer, uh, vision maker, rainmaker, star maker, mm. Jeez, rain. philanthropist. I like that one. Big P word. Don't do it, Michelle. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm so happy you're here. It's 5 o'clock. We are right on time. For senseless shenanigans every week that happens at 5 o'clock. Today is brought to us by Launch Your Lab. If you want to be an entrepreneur, right, you might be working in corporate America. Uh, you might be, you might have your own entrepreneurial enterprise. It's not quite going with you, you know, how you thought. Or maybe it's going great and you want to be diverse. Oh, yeah. never know. Get into the lab business. It can't be a bad decision. Medical is always good because it's never going to go away. The way we do it might go away, but not medical. You need to check out my girl, S. Michelle 
Foy. She can show you how to set up your lab in no time. You don't need any medical experience. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a nurse. None of those things. We promise. I could do it. We promise. He could do it. <laughs> That's not a good example. You're super smart. Well, well, I guess that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to make sure you go check her out. S. Michelle Foy. I am Sheila Michelle.com. I am Sheila Michelle on Instagram. Sheila Michelle Foy on LinkedIn. DM her. Put something in the comments. Hey, I heard you on, according to Michelle, I want my own lab business. Can you help me? Her answer, just like Obama, yes, I can. All right. What is the sense of shenanigan for today, Jarrell? Oh, busy. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, have you ever owned a small animal, like hamster, guinea pig, or anything like yes, that? Yes, I have, because I have kids who want to experiment with my money and my time and my patience. That's normally <laughs> how it starts, yeah. Uh, yeah was it a boy or a girl? Do you remember? Do they have gender? It was a ferret. Yeah, yeah, they have ferret. I, I mean, yeah, I've had ferrets. I've had 13 genders. dogs. We've had hamsters. <laughs> we've had guinea pigs. We've had goldfish. Everything has died except Man. for the dogs. Well. Thank God. That, yeah, I can live with that. I can live with now, that. Can I tell you something about us? I had a turtle one time. Oh, we've had a turtle. But look, yeah. so we had a turtle, and the turtle didn't move for like a week, week and a half. The turtle was just like, so we were like, the turtle's dead. <laughs> so we flushed the, tor- the turtle down the toilet, and when we was flushing him, he was, he, his head came out, and he was like this. <laughs> he started moving his arms like. See, that's not funny. That's hilarious. Yo, <laughs> that, yo I was, as a kid, you know, you try, you're like, oh, my God, he's alive. You traumatized. He's alive. But you know what? The good news is you didn't kill him because he's in the. He didn't die. Yeah. He likes being in water. Like, Wait, was it up north? Yeah. It was yeah, he survived. He made it out. Yeah, he yeah. was in New York. But we, we flushed the turtle down the toilet. And like I said, as soon as we flushed him, his head popped out and his arms started and his feet started You were wagging. traumatized for life, weren't you? No, not for life, but uh, for about a couple of days. You're like, <laughs> we killed not, Timmy the turtle. Not, I, I did hit a rabbit. Uh, like three days before Easter, not that did bother me. <laughs> oh my God. No, this, this, That's like oddly specific. Week. No, last week, but he jumped out in front of me. He, he jumped out and then he tried to turn back. That's why nobody had Easter at Peter. Con- he killed Peter Cottontail. <laughs> yeah, but if he didn't try to double back and turn around, you killed he, Peter he Cottontail. Der- he had a Derrick Henry move on you. Huh? He yeah, just, just, I'm like, bro, you should have just mm, kept, kept going. going. He killed Peter Cottontail, and that. Pace, if you're listening, is why we did not have Easter egg on at my house. Wow. Well, nothing that traumatic. It's definitely on the funny side, but not of that craziness. Um, this is a uh, throwback story where a guinea pig enclosure was being done. They were just pretty much had males in one area, females in one area. And they came to check in on the ladies one day. And as they're going through, you know, th- at that point it's inventory, but they're noticing all the women are pregnant. Wait, What? All the Wait, f- where is this again? So it's fe- uh, they're guinea pig enclosures. So, so all the lady- guinea pig ladies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they had, like, it was about 100 guinea pigs in each side. So 100 male, 100 female. Okay. 100 ladies completely by themselves because they don't want them in the whole male enclosure stuff. Okay. But they were going through a head count and they started noticing all the females were pregnant. And they're like, how is that possible? This is a female enclosure. As they were going through. It's like in lockup when all the girls end up pregnant. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Who was the guard? Who did it, it? it was yeah. pretty much that sense. And obviously, being the guard, it wasn't any human. They found a hamster, or a hamster, a guinea pig named Randy in the female enclosure. He was the father of all. How did he get in 50 there? 50 to 100 plus guinea pigs that were born. How did he get in here? He broke out of his enclosure because he was a part of the guinea pig you know, cycle or whatever they were trying to do. He snuck out in the middle of the night, whatever the case was, 
You know, guinea pigs are so small. He could have been in there for days. Days. This mm-hmm. is where crickets would be great. <laughs> <laughs> this is where crickets would be great. Okay, wait a minute. Do you think he picked up on their pheromones? That's a good... Because he had Do options. Do guinea pig ladies have menstrual cycles? Huh. The- Am I allowed to answer that? Yes. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Like, I would say, yeah. Because if they did, maybe they were giving off something. Randy could pick up on the pheromones. The, the way he the story broke was out written, and got in. he had time to leave. Like, the way the enclosure was, once he got out, definitely, like, there's openings, door, whatever the case was. I think they had other animals. Like, Was he sneaking door. in at night and sneaking back out? What kind of No, no, no. no. He, just snuck, he just stayed in the female enclosure. And as they were going through the females, figuring out, like, how are all these women pregnant, they found a dude. And they were just like, wait a minute. Randy's like, yeah. Yeah, when all the babies were born, they, they didn't need the DNA test. He's they like that movie. Like <laughs> Remember that movie that with, uh, what's his name? Who's the movie? The, the guy, he was uh, he was doing the artificial insemination, and he had like 250 kids. It was called like mm-hmm. Children or something like that. <laughs> children of the it was like Vince Vaughn. No, it was like Vince oh, Vaughn or somebody yes. famous. Yes, he had all them kids. He had all the kids because he was like. You know, spouting off everywhere. No, I got to look this up because it's going to kill me. No, um, so that's who Randy is. And now he's got all these. Who's going to take care of these guinea pigs? This is what's wrong with America. He needs to father. You're telling me the guinea pig is what's wrong with America? Yes. <laughs> it's a, the guinea pig dad is the, you know, he's the model. Oh, oh. And he, this is what's wrong. These, these dudes are having babies. They're not taking care of them. Yeah. We got little baby guinea pigs all over the place. Well, Who's going to feed these guinea pigs? Hey, Who's hey. going to make sure they got all that straw in the bottom of their crate? Shout out to Randy. He did not run away from a single child of his. Okay. He stayed in the enclosure. He was with them the whole time. <laughs> they didn't, didn't go to the store. He stayed in the enclosure. So for that, I got to give him some credit for. He, he was present in this all of his This is the dumbest birth. <laughs> shenanigan ever, Jarrell. Oh, my gosh. It's up there. I saw it. It was hilarious. Dana. Yes. Could you would never be a Randy, would you? No, no, no. I'd, I'd be a Steve, though. Wait. I don't know. I, <laughs> I just said it. Wait, wait, who's... Is there a who's famous Steve? Steve we're forgetting you, about? You have, you have a lot of kids, though. You have, like, 13 kids. I, I don't you? have kids. I have children. Kids are for Billy Goats. I knew he was about to say that. Okay, pretend I'm ignorant. In, enlighten me. What does that mean? <laughs> That's what I mean. Kids are I for Billy goats. B- Billy the Kid? Oh, okay. But look, somebody told me here, they said... Um, um, by me flushing the toilet down, the turtle down the toilet, they yeah. said that's how the teenage uh, uh, mutant ninja turtle started. So I do need to, t- I need to look into that and get wow, my wow, uh, you started and get my royalties on that. You I, started, I start, the, I started teenage the teenage mutant, mutant ninja turtles. Let me give a shout out. Emmanuel Lewis just jumped on. Hey, Emmanuel. Hey, what's going on, Emmanuel? I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, Ernest Thomas, Raj, from what's happening. Uh, Ernest is going to be here for the show as well. He is? Of course, of course. Oh, cool. I know y'all are really, here. y'all are good yeah, friends. That's, my, that's one of my BFFs, but Ernie is going to be here as well, so um, be an opportunity. So, Dana, let's let's jump back. So you so you get back, and now you get the opportunity with Spike, and now you, how do you now end up becoming, because you've got, I mean, this is going to be your 17th sold-out show, right? I mean, you end up, he said, yes, that's my guy. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, I mean, how do you end up going from a background, mm-hmm. right, to writing, producing, directing? Good story. And 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 picking out vision. Good story. Um, um, at the time after I worked with Spike, like I said, 
Um, one thing that I did in between, um, I was the first mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs in the National Football League as well. Uh, is that your first acting gig? No, I'm no, just no, no, no. I'm just kidding. But while I was at Hampton, <laughs> while I was at Hampton, um, I was the first pirate mascot costume mascot. And um, one day I got interviewed by a news article, by a news reporter, and he said, "Well, what do you want to do with this?" And I said, "One day I'm going to be a professional mascot." And so I'm the type of person that I, I, I see my vision and I call it. And God has always blessed me to um, actually be able to uh, uh, bring it, bring it to life. Um, regardless of how big or how small. I've always said I wanted to be in television. I've always said I wanted to be in film. Regardless of how big or how small, I've done everything that I've asked God to put you know, before me. So um, uh, fast forward after Malcolm X and all that good stuff, uh, a filmmaker by the name of David E. Talbert. Uh, he did Jingle Jangle, Baggage Claim, um, First Sunday, all that good stuff. He's done a lot of stuff. David and I were business partners slash roommates. And um, I remember one day I had an audition and this is in Brooklyn, and I had an audition, and I came back to the apartment with Dave. Was like, "Yo, how'd it go?" Because Dave was a big, big Dave was be Dave before Tyler. Before Tyler, it was Dave Talbert, Mike Matthews, Shelley Garrett, and Vi Higgins. And people always think Tyler is the beginning of touring theater. No, it was David E. Talbert who was my business partner at the time. It was Vi Higginson. It was Mike Matthews. I can go on and on. But anyway, David and I were roommates, and he says, "How'd it go?" I said, "Man, I don't know." He says, what we need to do is we need to write our own film and produce it. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's what we need to do. So David um, wrote the script and um, wrote an incredible uh, romantic comedy called A Woman Like That Slash Love Changes. And what happens is um, David and I raised $1.5 million. This was in the 90s. So $1.5 million for a film at that time was extremely low budget because you're actually shooting on film. You're not shooting like these... Filmmakers today are shooting. Right. These we're shooting on film, right. and film is expensive. So 1.5 million dollars was no money, but we had Tyra Banks, we had Malik Yoba, we had Gary Dordan, we had John Amos, we had Sherry Headley, had Chip Fields. Um, I can go on and Boucher Wright. Man, you had we had everybody. Yeah. So it was an excellent script, and we had Malik Yoba when Malik was shooting New York Undercover. Oh wow! So he, was, he was at the height of his. He was at the height. Yeah. We had Tyra Banks when she was the supermodel of the... Mm -hmm. So what happens is how we got these people is we had a great script, and um, Tyra, we took it to her agency. Her agency said, no, she's not interested in doing anything like this. But we knew that she wanted to get into film industry because she had just finished doing Higher Learning with John Singleton. Mm -hmm. right. So right. what happens is we said, we got to get around the agent. So we found out who her makeup artist was. His name is Sam Fine. So we knew somebody that knew Sam Fine. We got the script to Sam Fine. Sam Fine gave the script to Tyra. And Tyra was like, yo, I want to do this. And, no, take that back. Tyra got the film to her mom, Miss London. And Miss London said, yo, you want to do this? And Tyra read it. And she was like, yo, I want to do this. And we got, oh, Morris Day was also in the film. And then um, Tyra got attached to it. Then we got Malik Yoba. And we went on the set of New York Undercover. Malik loved the script. Then we got Gary Dordan, who was doing Different World at the time, Shazar with the eyes. Then we got Sherry Headley, who just finished doing Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. It was just God's way of saying, guys, this is what you need to be doing. Right. And when all the um, pieces Chuck West, lined who you up. met. Oh, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck was, Chuck uh, and Bree, right? Yep, yep. Yep. Well, it was just Chuck. I know, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Bree mm -hmm. is his yep, guy. Yeah. Yep. So Chuck, um, Chuck, was, uh, Chuck and Dave were tight from D.C. So me, Chuck, and Dave had never produced a film ever before. Dave was the writer and director. I was the producer, and, and, and Chuck was the producer. And we shot this film in New York. And, like, and Roger Bob, who mm -hmm. was big time, yep. 
Yep. Roger Bob was my AD for two days, and I had to fire him. You fired Roger I fired Bob? Roger. We always laugh about it nowadays because he's so big in the industry. Right. But uh, Why'd you fire him? He was my first AD, and Roger was used to working on big-budget projects as a second AD. Uh-huh. So we were giving him an opportunity to be our first AD, and this would be good for his you know, credentials. But we got too far behind on day two of shooting. Oh. And it was like, yo, you're like, nope, this is costing us money. money. Yeah. So we had to get rid of him, but we still, you know, we laugh about it now. But um, so we shot that for $1.5 million. Um, and at the time, the film never came out because at the time, um, there were no romantic comedies. Love Changes Slash a Woman Like That is a romantic comedy. And um, Love Jones was just getting ready to come out on Miramax. And Miramax kind of said, after Love Jones comes out, we'll give you guys a deal. And you'll, be a, you'll be a Miramax film. And Love Jones bombed at the box office. Love Jones bombed at the box office. Love Jones got its wind on uh, VHS. When, v- when it came out on ah. video, Love Jones popped. But when it came out in the theater, it bombed. Oh. So Miramax said, no can do. Because everybody was doing Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. New Jack City. <laughs> right. um, it was all about the shoot em up, bang, bang, crazy type movie. And they felt that uh, when black African Americans weren't going to see romantic comedies. Right. Because that's what they weren't program to do so nobody gave us a deal and um we never got that film off dang that's crazy yeah 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 so what happens is uh the industry has changed and hollywood is the copycat industry so if love jones had popped off they always everybody for the next right and we had the next already in in the can but because um love jones flopped they were like nobody wanted to touch it because they were afraid to invest their money in it. Right. So uh, we had to pay our investors back the one point five. So how do you how how does that how do you do that? I mean, you you take all this money, right? And don't guarantee, but say like I mean You don't guarantee, and, but, but you, you know, know what the, the investors you know do what for the, a living. Exactly. And you know the lifestyle of things. So like, <laughs> you're to like get, we gotta make sure we pay this money back. We, we, Come we, hell or high water. Right, right, right. We need so to get this do, money back. But and then and then and then it never hits the screen. Never hit the screen. So, like, how do you like? How do you come back from that? Like, just from a like kind of emotion. Like, that's gotta be. It was be... tough. It was. We won the Urban World Film Festival. We won Urban World Film Festival. It was the first Urban World Film Festival. Stacy Spikes uh, is the director. He's currently owner of uh, Mr. Movie, but um, we won Urban World Film Festival the first year. So we were we were like, yeah, we're going to kill. And no deal. And everything was working in your favor. You mentioned earlier, I think I said it at the top of the show, you know, when you're working in your purpose, in your area, things line up. And all the things were lining up for you and still no deal. Everything was lining up. How do you, I mean, how do you still know after that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It just didn't work out. Like, how do you you keep pushing? Let let me tell you something, Michelle. And and, and I say this to everybody. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm. I'm just resilient. Um, people people could say, man, he's still trying to do this. I, this is what I do. This is what I love. I don't worry about what people say as far as, oh, you haven't done this yet. Oh, you haven't done that yet. I just keep pushing forward because I know what God has promised me. And I know and I already see everything that's getting ready to happen uh, for me, even now. Because at the end of the day, I'm just getting back into the film right. and theater industry. Yeah, you took a break. So Why'd I took you a take break. that break? Uh, I, I started working at uh, Hampton University. Uh, the president of the university brought me back to be the uh, director of marketing and corporate partnerships for athletics. So got involved with higher education for 10 years. And then after that, I said, you know what? I'm going to get back into my, 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 my groove and get back into the theater industry. 
And um, here I am again, and I'm just blessed and thankful. But to follow that Tyra Banks story up and how that film didn't get picked up, the next film I did with Bernie Mac, it was Bernie Mac's first film, and it was Lisa Ray's first film, and it was Mel Jackson's first film. And we shot it in Chicago. Monty Ross was the producer and the director on so that. So you had to go get more investors. This is a whole different project. Me and me right, and Dave. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. and Dave. This is a whole. I'm saying you had to start over, go get new investors, go now, get. Now we had one investor, and okay. guess what his name was? Dude. And I have other. Dude. That's Dude. All we knew. <laughs> That's all we knew was his name was Dude, and and we got paid in cash, and he had big diamond earrings in his ears, and Dude. What was the was the was the rate thirty percent? Dude, no, well, no. Long story short, the, the film got seized because dude. Wow. <laughs> so um, we we shot that in Chicago. It was brick coal, and um, so that film never got picked up because it got seized by the feds. So do you think? God, that's crazy, dude. Is where's dude? <laughs> but I mean, okay. So do you think because really you you're. Your success, I would say, is significant has been largely on stage, instead, in, in as, mm-hmm. as a playwright, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your, I mean, every dog has his day was a huge success, mm-hmm. right? That led you to never play with a woman's heart. So do you say, okay, film isn't it? I'm just gonna stick in the theater. No, no, no. Fil- film is it. Film is getting ready to be it some more now for me. I'm getting ready to. Uh, uh, my oldest son Jordan. We're getting ready to uh, shoot Every Dog Has His Day, the film version. Really? Uh, yeah, we're getting ready to shoot that um, probably uh, in this summer of uh, 2023, this year. Really? So okay. we're doing that. So, no, film is never over because, once again, God has promised me this is this is what you want to do. This is what you're going to do. But you're going to do it in my time. So mm. I just wait patiently. You got to do it, and, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't question and. I get frustrated. Yeah, I get frustrated. But at the end of the day, you move accordingly. Dana S. Hubbard, Dana S. Hubbard presents the official Dana S. Hubbard. Real quick before we go to break, talk to us about writing. Every dog has its day, and then because you're a published author, Mm -hmm. I -hmm. mean, you know, I know when you first handed me the script for Never Play with a Woman's Heart, I got the book too, and I read the book, Mm -hmm. right? So. You know, what comes first, the book or the play or the play or the book? And Every Dog Has His Day, is a that's a title. You automatically want to be like, okay. <laughs> Every Dog Has His Day came about, I, uh, I was coaching Little League Baseball in Mount Vernon, New York, and uh, we got rained out one day. And when I was walking to my car, this is a true story, I promise you. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to write a book. I think I'm going to start writing a book tonight. And because uh, I've been writing plays, and the play can take me three weeks to complete. So I said, I'm going to write me a book. Do you just sit down and start writing? Yeah, it'll come to me organically. So what happens is Every Dog Has a Day, the book took about three years in the making. Why? I just had never written a book before, and I'm not a reader, so I really didn't know the proper format. So, and and at the time, I don't think I was even a good writer, but I had a great <laughs> editor who right. said, this is what you mean. This is what you <laughs> right. say, but this, this is, is what you mean. This is what you mean. So now what is um, that? What is that about? Every dog has its say. It's a uh, relationship story, love, trust, betrayal. Ultimately, it's a story of redemption. Um, it's a great story. Um, it, I, but my favorite, believe it or not, out of the two, is never play with the woman's heart. Which is basically the. It's the, it's the, the follow-up of never, to, never play yeah. with the woman's of never of every, every dog, dog has, has his day. day. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But um, both of them are my babies. Um, I love both stories. Um, I've been blessed to have Andre Petrie in uh, both of those uh, projects. Andre has played Miles uh, probably about 
20 times, if not more. It's one of his favorite scripts as well, yeah, and I enjoy working that. with him. So uh, if you come to the show, well, when you come to the show, May 11th through the 14th at the Southwest Arts Center in, in, in South Fulton in Atlanta, um, you'll get an opportunity to see not only a great story, but you'll see great actors um, yourself being included with that. And um, my other cast is tremendous. Uh, one thing about me, Michelle, is I'm very um, loyal with my team. I try to get a group of people and say, look, let's, let's, let's make magic, not just for this project, but moving forth and moving forward. So uh, if you come out to see Never Play With The Woman's Heart, uh, I'm sure um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And Ricky Thomas, I see your, your, your message. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me. I know we do. I, I want to leave with this question though, because yes. you say you can see talent and you can see vision. You can. See, I mean, even with CNC Music Factory. Right? But 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 can catch you up on that. Yeah. Stephen Hill, who's on. Um, uh, he's gonna kill me. It's Magnum PI. Which one are they shooting in Hawaii right now? Is it Magnum PI or Hawaii Five O? Magnum PI. Magnum PI. Stephen Hill. He plays. He's the he's the black guy in the show. Mm -hmm. Stephen went to Hampton. Okay. So when Steve went to Hampton, I said Steve. This is, I was gone from Hampton five, eight years, ten years. And I said, Steve, um, you're a star. He was like, what are you talking about? I said, you have star quality and you have star, you, you're, you're going to be a star. He had no idea. He'd never been on stage before, never been in film before. He'd just done print. I said, he says, what do you mean? So when I did Every Dog Has His Day the first time in New York, he was my mouth. And then uh, he's done other shows, but now he's on Magnum yeah. P.I. Mel Jackson, real quick, I know you got it. Mel Jackson, you remember him from Soul Food, Living Single. He was uh, the one with the lips, and he said, Cola, what's your girl's name, Cola, light skin? Anyway, uh -huh. Mel Jackson was in the film with Bernie Mac. That, that you I told did. him the same thing. I said, Mel, you're a star. And Mel ca would call me. He's like, what I got to do? And I sent him a picture of my headshot. His first headshot looked just like mine. He says, what I got to do? I said, you got to move to L.A. He moved to L.A. He got a part on uh, Soul Food. He was on Living Single. And you told him that. Yeah, so and, are, and he'll, he'll tell you. you. I will tell know. I mean, no, and Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill has done it. stuff. Stephen Hill has done stuff um, on, uh, nationally and said Dana Hubbard, this guy named Dana Hubbard, told me everything that I'm going to be doing. So one of the things that I always like to say is I got a vision to say I can see talent and I can hear good music, and I know talent when I see it if they just listen. And, and and be obedient, so right. to speak. But all right, um, you got to hold that. I'm gonna we're gonna come back because there's somebody else. She said that, that was gonna be a star too. So okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. guys, we got Dana S. Hubbard in the house. Never play with a woman's heart is, uh, it's it's here in Atlanta. I say that because you know a lot of the the talents here, and it's we're just four weeks away from the opens May 11th through the 14th Mother's Day weekend at Southwest Arts Center. You get your Tickets online, DanaSHubbardPresents.com. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, it'll be 5.30. Mark Morial from National Urban League. We got more According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis on the backside of this break. Don't touch anything. We'll be right back. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. All right. What is up, guys? We are back. Like we never on, left. <laughs> like we never left. On According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis. Fantastic guest today, Dana S. Hubbard. The quintessential story of, you know, just knowing what you're supposed to do, why you're here on this earth. Can I say something really quick? I something really quick. Oh, uh, well, something else. Okay. I've never heard that word used. Quintessential? Yes, ever. Can you spell it? Well, you're like two. Well, I'm not going to ask her to do all that. But oh, it was... I can spell it. Oh, I won the spelling bee, friends. Oh, good. I won the seventh grade spelling bee when I was in sixth grade. 
Oh, okay. you, you was balling on like that. So, yeah, I was, like, destroying the game. You used to breaking hearts then. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Petrie says, I'm on with you now, boss man, because Michelle isn't paying attention. So he's on my screen now. He's left yours. He's mad because I didn't bring him into the show. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you want me to do? It wasn't time. <laughs> I mean, she's. Everybody wants it to be. It's not according to Andre. <laughs> it should be. It's according to Dana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, on my theme song, I'm, I need to send the fella Dana Dane. There you go. You when see we why? Come back from this break, and you see why I said we can't just switch it immediately. When we, sit, when we come back from Rodney this break. Driver. All right. So speaking of boss men, I'm excited. We got a special call in guest today, Mark Morial, who runs the entire Urban League for the whole nation. <laughs> I say that because of National Urban League. Yeah, yeah. Urban. it's the nation. That's the nation. <laughs> uh, Mark is amazing. Is a, a personal friend of mine who is literally uh, one of our voices, the leading voices. Um, for empowerment and change, social justice, all of that. He leads, obviously, one of the largest, if not the largest, um, organization that does all of that for disadvantaged people. And I say disadvantaged, I mean black. I mean, I, that might not be their thing, but that's my thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And Mark might correct me when he gets on, but that's okay. He's calling <laughs> all the way from up top. I don't know if he's in New York today or D.C., but I know he's probably somewhere. He's above that line. He is above that line. Mark Morial, are you with us? Hey, hey. Hey. Kelly Willis. It How? is great to be with you. Congratulations on the success of your radio show. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm in the Big Apple, New York City today. There you are. And calling you from uh, National Urban League headquarters and excited to be part of this conversation. Well, I'm so glad you're here, Mark. we got to get you one day in the studio. I know we can't get you next week when you'll be here for State of Black America, but you got to come in so we can have a real discussion and blow everybody's hats off. But for right now, talk to us about the State of Black America. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. And, uh, hey, all roads lead to Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> on next Tuesday, April 18th at Morehouse College, where we will release the State of Black America report. We'll start talking about it on Saturday, but this report is seminal. We've done it since 1976, and we ask ourselves, what is the State of Black America? This year, we must focus on the threats from within. This year, we must focus on the attacks on democracy and the way in which it is impacting how people think about voting and democracy, the way people think about history and black history, uh, the threat to law enforcement uh, across the board. So we are talking about this attack on democracy, this uh, movement of hate. Uh, you know, we saw last year Buffalo. Uh, we've seen all this gun violence. It is being animated in many instances by a campaign, by the notion of hatred. So this year's State of Black America report, we will be talking about that. Uh, every other year, in even years, we talk about social and economic conditions broadly. But we have to focus on the protection of American democracy, our right to vote, our right to assemble, our right to speak, the right of a free press. Uh, and, yes, the right for us to tell and for children to learn the authenticity of our history, which includes black history. So, Mark, let me ask you this. First. So, first of all, let me, I want to take it back for two seconds. Can you tell everybody exactly in 2023 what does the National Urban League do? 
So we are a historic civil rights and urban advocacy organization. So on one front, we do civil rights advocacy with a big focus on public policy. We are active before the Congress on police reform, justice system reform, economic empowerment, legislation to raise the minimum wage, to increase and improve housing, to ensure that the infrastructure dollars come to your and my uh, communities. Then we are a program or direct services provider. What does that mean? Three million people across the nation receive urban league services, after-school services for kids, workforce development and job training programs for young adults and senior citizens, home buyer education programs, other known, otherwise known as housing programs, uh, housing counseling where we uh, serve 30 to 40,000 people a year on a national basis. Health education, we were active uh, in helping almost a quarter of a million people uh, get access to health solutions, including shots on COVID. Entrepreneurship support, we provide free services to entrepreneurs and business owners. We serve 15,000 business owners a year. So we do direct services, and we also do, uh, if you will, advocacy. So what does that mean? We shake the tree. So we're a tree shaker, and we make jelly, so we're jelly maker. <laughs> All right, so I'm glad you said that because, you know, obviously we hear the name National Urban League, National Urban League. We know that you are obviously a huge voice and a leader um, in all spaces today. But, I mean, to your point, what does that mean? What does that mean? So I'm glad you explained that. So let me pivot back then to state, the state of black America and this voting issue. Does it all start with voting? Is that like the key? Is that the core to everything? I think so much, Michelle. You know, the right to elect people that make the rules by which we live. That's what voting is. The right to elect people who decide on how our tax dollars are allocated and distributed. That's what voting means. Uh, to elect and pick the people who make decisions about our schools, about law enforcement, about Social Security, about health care, that's what voting is. If you are not at the table, you're on the menu. Voting gives us a chance to be at the table. So to the extent that people seek to suppress the vote in Georgia, make it harder for people to vote, uh, close polling places, create voter ID laws, create ways in which the legislature can overturn lawful elections, all of those are attacks on democracy. We saw in Tennessee one of the most vile attacks on American democracy in modern times, where two lawfully elected legislators were removed, not by the people who elected them, but by their peers because their peers were angry that they protested the death of six people in Nashville due to gun violence and called on the Tennessee legislature to pass sensible gun safety reforms, and they did it uh, by protesting on the floor of the Tennessee House of Representatives. And the reaction was, how dare you violate our decorum? We will remove you. That is an attack on American democracy. Who represents you or me is our decision as voters, not uh, as though the legislature is some sort of country club where you can, quote, blackball somebody because you don't like what they've done, mm. and remove them. So all of this, Michelle, and, and to your listening audience, 
represent attacks, corrosive attacks on American democracy. We've got to call it out uh, because implicit in it is this notion that some people should be able to vote and some people should not be able to vote. Mm. Implicit and underlying it, voting in a democracy is universal. Every human being, every adult over the age of 18, in my view, should have the right to vote with limited exceptions, right? Limited exceptions. And so that's a philosophy, that's a point of view, and black Americans have seen, have seen progress come uh, from having people at the table uh, and making policies that will further benefit us. And so the democracy is not just about black people. It just so happens that black people, Latinos, young voters have been targeted for voter suppression to a greater extent than anyone else. So, Mark, let me ask you this. I mean, you come from, obviously, a, a line. I mean, the Morial name is Legacy. I, I, <laughs> I joked earlier before you called in. I said that, you know, it's like you guys are a clan over there in, in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, your name is everywhere, right? But, I mean, so you come from a line of, of civil servant and, and advocacy and all that. It's, I, I would assume it's probably in your DNA. But well, and I, I don't, I don't want to give... I don't want to give the, the state, the, the report away from next week, but can you just give us a peek? I mean, you know the statistics. Here in Atlanta, the disparity is wide, and it's huge, and it's getting bigger. I mean, in Atlanta, black people are doing the best and the worst at the same time, right? We just saw the report come out. Um, nationally speaking, are we doing better, or are we, are we, are we going backwards? So let's think about it, and I'll make a couple of comments. Number one, uh, and this is important, when it comes to, and this number just came out, the black unemployment rate is as low as it's been in American history. But we still have significant levels of poverty and too many people who are not making a living wage. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's a tale of two thoughts best situation when it comes to jobs and unemployment, but people continue to struggle. Secondly, the attacks on democracy and black history. 500 bills introduced just since 2020 that are seeking to make it harder for people to vote. Wow. 500 bills in over 40 states. 500? When it comes to black, 500. Wow. 500 bills. It's just a record number of efforts to make it difficult, more difficult for people to vote, and in many instances targeted at black people in communities of color. Then 900 proposals to ban books, censor black history courses, restrict the teaching of Af This is an unbelievable number of proposals, right? So if anyone's watching and thinking that this is all just talk and rhetoric, no, this is rhetoric that's inducing, inducing legislative proposals. So we have to be in those legislatures to fight back. We have to lend our voice to push back and fight back. This is what we are dealing with, and the report will go into that. So if you are in the Atlanta area on Tuesday morning, you can come to the State of Black America event 
at 10 a.m. at the Ray Charles Auditorium at Morehouse College. So I want to encourage those who have time, or you can, by going to NUL.org, watch it online. So we are open. Uh, we'll be with the young people at Morehouse College, and we'll be there with great excitement. Wow. Mark Morial, President and CEO of the National Urban League. If you've ever been to any anything cool in New Orleans, you've walked into the convention center that bears his family name. He really is legacy. And here's a fun fact, which I didn't actually know this, Mark, that you and your father made history as the first African-American father and son mayors in the U.S. that were the subject of a double Jeopardy question on Jeopardy. Yeah, that's kind of fun, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> to be on Double Jeopardy, I thought it's one of my favorite shows. But, yeah, you know, I uh, am always thankful and appreciative for my parents, my father, my mother, and they were frontline civil rights and political warriors. Uh, my father's no longer with us. My mother is. And, uh, and all we all should do is to do what we can to make sure our shoulders are strong mm. so others can stand on it in the next generation. Absolutely, absolutely. Mark, thank you so much for coming on next Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. at Morehouse, the State of Black America, presented by the National Urban League. You can also go to NUL.org and watch it live streamed. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I'll see you. Absolutely. We'll God see you soon. All right, guys. It's According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis. Don't go anywhere. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up and tell you how you can get in the, uh, in the theater and meet Dana S. Hubbard. Right? We can meet him. You can see him. You can see the play. Never play with a woman's heart. All the things. When we come back on the backside of this final break on According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis. Don't touch anything. We'll be right back. Michelle. Michelle! Take this one here for me and my DJ. All right, guys, we are back. I can't believe it's been uh, two hours already or just about two hours. Got Dana S. Hubbard in the studio today. And if you have been listening, if you've really been listening, you should have been inspired. I mean, he's talked about the things you need to do to be great at what you want to do. He's talked about how do you, how do you get in? Take the stairs, not the escalator. Like, he's <laughs> given you all the gems, all the gems. One, two things I want to touch on before you leave. I'm going to dive into it because we talked about it a little bit. Is really perfecting the craft, right? You talked about, you know, getting in and, 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 and not being afraid to work and work for free and all these things. But once you're in, how do you become the best? And then I want you to talk a little bit about the branding piece of it because you everywhere you go is you're branded it's dana s hubbard it's never played with a woman i'm pretty sure it's going to be every dog has its day when the when the movie comes out so talk about those two things well i mean you, you know the best way to get to broadway though right the street way practice oh, practice no. okay practice. so we're going to ignore the street no but uh um, as far as perfecting your craft i mean just just got to continue to work at it you know Kind of like like an athlete, you know. People think that you know athletes just get on the floor and just do what they do. Same thing with actors and, and attorneys. Everybody, you got to practice, man. You just got to practice. Uh, 
Yeah, right. Practice? right, right, right. Hit him, that's hit him with man. the AI. Hit him. That's, that's, that's my guy, AI. But uh, you got to put in the work. You know, a lot of people want microwave. They want microwave success, especially this generation. Mm. Um, you know, they always see, they, they, they do things for likes and, 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 and to go viral and whatnot. Whereas if you really want to be successful, you got to put in the work. You got to oh, yeah. really, really um, don't cheat yourself because at the end of the day, you're only cheating yourself. Mm. So, um, well, he sounds like a motivational speaker, doesn't he? <laughs> well, it's real, but it, 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 as crazy as it sounds, it's just real. You know what I mean? It's not. It's nothing. I'm not saying anything to to be, you know, motivational. I'm just saying that's the real deal. Um, you got to just got to put in the work. Uh, Rizel Lightfoot, he's on right now. Rizel was a world class tennis player, and while all of us were sometimes partying on campus, we would see him on the tennis court. And you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work when nobody's watching. So what does watching. that look like, put in the work, right? I mean, from an actor's perspective, I'm thinking, okay. like, that's endless classes. That's constant coaching. That's no, co- no, not, look, not always. Uh, watching movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching yeah. movies. Yeah, I um, watch movies with a different eye now, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, Same. Yeah. TV shows, everything. Yep, yep. And one of the things that I used to always tell my uh, students, um, the, 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 a good script, as far as a movie is concerned, or television, and you can watch it with no sound, and mm-hmm. you can still know that, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you know? yes, yeah. So um, yeah. find find somebody that you um, that you enjoy watching, and, and, and just I'm not saying that you have to uh, try to be like them, so to speak, but just um, watch film. I, I, I send my son uh, films all the time that he needs to watch, and uh, you know, just you got you got to be a part of the craft, and don't don't look at it for being viral. Or being uh, right. for likes, so right. put put in the work, put in the work. As far as branding is concerned, I got that from Spike Lee. Um, you, you, the, the the true funny story about learning from Spike Lee, I learned so much from Spike. But when we were shooting Do the Right Thing, um, Spike would have Do the Right Thing tank tops, Do the Right Thing shirts, Do the Right Thing hoodies, Do the Right Thing hats, Do the Right Thing jackets. So what happens is when I would get my forty dollars a day, twenty nine dollars after taxes, after you get your check, <laughs> he would have a table set up with all his merch on it. You're like, damn. I don't have that. $29? <laughs> okay, am I going to get another pizza? Right, right, or am I right, get right, another t-shirt? Right, yeah. so Spike, Spike taught me the art of branding. You know, and Spike is responsible, believe it or not, believe it or not, if you really want to go to the root of it all, Spike is responsible for Fubu, Carl Kanai, and I'm, I'm not saying responsible as far as, but what happens yeah, but is the philosophy prior to Spike, is, yeah, prior yeah. to Spike doing, Nobody Spike was, was before that. his time. Spike had a store called Spike's Joint in Brooklyn, New York, on DeKalb Avenue, and I used to uh, work at the store. And um, oh, my battery died. Okay, but Spike, um, <laughs> but Spike um, was responsible for. He had a store, and the funny thing about Spike's store, it was a young lady who lived up on top of the building that Spike owned, and her name was. Uh, I forget her first name. Long story short, Carol's daughter. Are you familiar oh, with Carol's yeah, daughter? Absolutely. That's who it was. So what happens is she lived on top of Spike. Spike owned the building. And she asked Spike because she have a small corner in the store to sell her oils and sell her stuff that she made upstairs. And, and look at her now. Wow. And it's all because Spike gave her that opportunity. Not all because of, but Spike was one of the first to give her an opportunity to um, be, be in his store. And she just took off from there. Um, so branding, I got it all from Spike, man. And, and it's all about... Wearing your brand. If, if, if you can wear Nike, why can't you wear your own brand? Right. At the end of the right. day, what, what does Nike do for you? That's right. Right. But this, you become familiar with my name. You become familiar with my titles. And, you know, I'm, I'm a brand brandaholic. And I used to be a brand specialist for a company called Brand Builders. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, that's what I do. I love 
at all. I mean, we got so many gems from you today. So real quick, we know that you got the, um, obviously, Never Play With A Woman's Heart. You're going to be doing Every Dog Has His Day as a, uh, a movie. Mm-hmm. And then Bay. Searching for Searching Bay. For Bay. Searching yeah, for Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Searching for Bay is another um, title that I have. Searching for Bay, the story is absolutely incredible. Bay, and B-A-E. B-A-E, Searching yeah. for Bay. The story is incredible and uh, that's something that I, I will be doing very very soon as well the book is uh, almost complete for searching for bay the story is phenomenal it's, it's, it's a great story but you know this may 11th through the 14th we got never play with the woman's heart starring uh, michelle taylor willis and andre petrie um, you can go online dana s hubbard presents.com to get your tickets and uh, i need everybody's support in the atlanta metro area uh, if you're not in the atlanta metro area and you know somebody in the atlanta metro area Please say, go support Dana S. Hubbard's Never Play With The Woman's Heart. And listen, I want to give a quick shout out only because this person, and he doesn't know I'm about to do this. He just logged on Instagram. Uh, TFMCC, I don't know his handle, but his name's Tim. He is the first person that bought a ticket on Thursday night. He bought, I when he, we first put it out, and this is hilarious, this is a white guy with red hair, Irish as he can be. His name? His name's Tim. He's on right now. Tim, <laughs> Tim, thank you so much. And Tim, bring some friends, man. We, 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 we want to diversify the whole show, so we appreciate you. And, and Michelle Taylor Willis Knight is going to be um, Thursday, which is opening night. So please come out and support her. Um, this is going to be my first time having an opportunity to work with her, and I'm so looking forward to it and seeing what, what she brings to the table because I know she's going to be uh, brilliant and great. So um, thank you so much for your support. And everybody that has supported uh, what Michelle is doing, uh, it's important because at the end of the day, we support so many other people. Why not support the people that we know yeah. and the people that we know are trying to do the same thing that the people that you already like are already doing? Right. So help us get to – help us on the steps. That's right. Help us on the steps. So um, I'm, I'm appreciative of everybody. And when I hear – I sit in the audience during my shows. And when I hear people laugh and I see people cry, that touches me because I'm like, wow, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you allowed yes. my thought process to touch somebody else. Yes, absolutely. So. And Tim says, quote, unquote, a white guy with red hair. He said, I feel targeted. <laughs> Tim, I, I baby, didn't, I didn't buddy, Tim. I didn't say that, Tim. I, I didn't said say it. it. I said Tim, we love you. He we said, love you. He said, I can't wait to see the show. Thank you, Tim. The show. Yeah. Listen, Dana, thank you so much thank you for the inspiration you put out thank you you for being um an empower thank you for knowledge and wisdom and and just putting this stuff out and that's why i have you tell your story Mm -hmm. right i could ask you 35 questions but when you tell the story the answers will all come out they'll all come out out. i am honored seriously that you chose me for this role i can't wait i know our first read through is tonight so i'm excited no pressure to work with you (laughs) actually no i'm excited we are um ready to rock and roll and continued significance in everything you do i think you're just getting started my friend i know you've been at it for 35 years but i think you might just be getting started thank you thank you i received that all right guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of according to michelle with michelle taylor willis i'm here every wednesday at 4 p.m from 4 to 6 on real 1100 a.m broadcast on iHeartRadio. you can see according to michelle tv on the VTV network, which is on literally every platform. Just download it, watch it. And I expect to see everybody in the house on May 11th at 7.30 p.m. when the curtains rise. That's when it all goes down. Thank you so much, Dana S. Hubbard. You can go to DanaSHubbardPresents.com for your tickets. But until then, I 
am out.